You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. Boy, Tom here, and we are back. It's been a minute. I had, I had to worry about my eardrums bleeding. I know you almost forgot to take them off. I'm proud of you. Well, well D I'm did it last week, and his was very tame. So I must say, D, you, you, your, your opening was weak, but your fellas, fellas. Here's the, here's the thing, though. I wouldn't have had to do the opening had you had your ass there. I wouldn't have had to have done, I wouldn't have had it done two weeks of a long time if y'all had y'all's asses here. So. uh more shots fired. <laughs> wow. Yeah, let's let's stop throwing haymakers. I think they're gonna like this too much. I got I I got a gripe to pick with y'all. Uh and and it's or been did you not it, have a gripe to pick with us? It's it's been festering for some time now. Uh and 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 we gotta speak on this before we go into what you did this weekend or how was your weekend? I know it's Monday, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my kids have gone back to school okay and i it has been a long 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 summer so now you get a little break yeah yep glad to get them back into school but i i want to jump into this because i want to make sure that we touch on this because you have been bitching and moaning and complaining and upset about this and i want to know why you've been bitching and moaning upset about this joint practices gary why do you have an issue with joint practices i'm gonna tell you why i don't have an issue with joint practice i'm looking at it totally from a fan perspective i'm not looking at it from a a a player perspective i'm only looking at it from a player perspective I'm, i'm only looking at it from a fan perspective maybe i don't have that 150 to 200 to 600 dollars a ticket to see my favorite player play football but i do have an opportunity if i know they're having a joint practice to see them play and see what they had to offer because I know that they're going to go hard when they play, when they practice against one another. We all know from a player's perspective that joint practices are like many football games because you don't know exactly how hard that other person is going to go. So you're going to go hard enough to protect yourself. So we get that. I, my thing is from a fan perspective, I think they get the, 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 I want to say, how can I say this? They get that foreplay. They don't actually get the action, but they get that. They 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 experience it. And you want to take that experience away, Gary? One thousand percent. I I want to hear why. Well, first I want to hear Times' opinion because obviously he's he doesn't have the background as playing. So as a fan, Time, I would like to hear your thoughts on the NFL joint practices. <laughs> As a fan who doesn't go and watch them, or I don't, I don't care. I mean, I understand why you want to do it, maybe to get you know some action with another team. But to me, it's like, well, I don't care. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not watching. You know, I'm not watching preseason. I'm just watching the season. I, I don't care. I don't care about other than if there's like an injury. Or like I'll hear highlights on you know maybe how rookies are doing in preseason. Other than that. I'm not tuning in until the into the NFL until week one. So joint practices to me are just whatever, honestly. 
All right. So I'm looking at it from a player perspective because that's all that to me, that's all that matters when it comes to practice. Wow, yeah. Uh when it when it comes to practice, that is all that matters. Uh and it's supposed um, to. It's supposed to. So my issue with it is you a key c- component, you just said it's like a it's like a mini game, right? Yes. Well, they've already lengthened the season for NFL games. They all they talk about is safety. And they're going to be playing mini games and training camp now against other teams. Like that's, if you're talking about player safety, that's going completely against player safety when you're having mini games during training camp. Cause you're not having mini games when you go against your team. I don't care what anybody tells you players take plays off. They know, Hey, they'll, they'll take care of each other and practice. They'll still get their work. They'll have their reps where they're going to go, but players are going to take care of each other during training camp because they'd all hate it. It sucks. It's the worst time for the team. And now when you go against another team for five days, you're it's literally, like you said, if you want to light link those five games together, that's a whole nother game. If you can combine all those practices, that's another full game they're playing before they go to a preseason game. Like that's just outrageous. You're building, you're putting more risk of injury. If you're talking about safety and Already the teams don't want to play each other. They don't want to do that. They, they want to have their times where players are going to take easy, and you can't get that, which is where you get the fights. Every time there's a joint practice, fights break out because they're they're heated. They don't. There's no plays off. It's full bore every time, and fans are like, oh, that's good for the – it's really not because you can't put your body through it. People don't understand how tough training camp is if you go full bore every time. Players are going to take times off. They're going to take plays off. They're going to take care of each other. But you can't do that when you're going against another team. There is no plays off. So in in retrospect, if you're if you're three days of practice with another team, that's equivalent to another game. Yeah, I, I I can say this, and this is this is one of those residual effects from social media and the over the overemphasis of information. So because everything hits the internet in public right now nobody's nobody's willing or able to take that playoff in practice against another team and get pancake get ran over or get to to be the next viral sensation from a practice so you never know how hard you got to go so in order to protect yourself you just go hard and then it turns out to be a fantastic practice from a fan perspective, but from a player's perspective, that's a game I just lost because injury is 100% of the game. I get what you're saying, Gary. Well, when you go 100% every play against another team, you don't get a day off before you got to come back and do it again. It's literally the very right. next day you're doing the same thing against the same team, do it going full bore again. So usually you might get a chance to calm down. You might get a few plays off here or there. And when they're playing each other, they're not giving players days off. They're they're working. They're working against each other. Now I understand the whole fan aspect. I understand how I know coaches and scouts probably love it and GMs because they get to evaluate yeah. against another team. But I don't yeah. care. I care about players. But Gary, you gotta you gotta walk me through this, Gary. And, and and I know the answer to it, but I'm I'm I I I'm asking these questions so you can walk the fans through it, not necessarily me. So why can't I just go to the guy that I'm practicing against on this other team and say, hey, man, hey, tone it down a little bit, dude. We need to take care of each other because, you know, we I'm trying to make money just like you as if it was, you know, any other job. Because, you know, people that don't play this sport don't understand the mindsets of these players. 
So why can't we just say that? We walk over to this player and say, hey, man, chill. Just practice. Let's just practice. Because a prime example. So imagine I walk over to the D and say, hey, just chill during practice. Every time I block you, uh, I'm going to take it easy. Well, that DN's going to have in his head, I'm going to have a field day today. He's going to th- think I'm going to take it easy, and I'm just going to go crazy on him. And then he's going to make – he would make me look bad for a player too, and I'm going to realize he's just he, – he's putting it to me. He's not – I have to match it. And then that's where the fights will start. Like, oh, I thought we had an understanding and all that kind of stuff. And that could be some of the reason why fights break because guys may make these – handshake deals that they're going to take it easy during practice and then one of them decides to go against it and that's when fights could break out too so bringing up the fight aspect we saw the stuff with aaron donald well hold on hold on before you move okay. to aaron donald you gotta think part of that too though is you guys are talking as you know veterans that i don't know maybe when you were in the panthers maybe you were fighting for a rush spot yeah i don't i don't really know but correct d you were never really fighting for a roger spot at practice while you were with the Panthers. There's people in those practices that are fighting for their roster spots. So I, I think it's hard to look at somebody that's fighting for a roster spot and be like, hey, man, let's take it easy, this practice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they're going to go full bore and try and embarrass you because they're trying to make the team, which when they put those that guy on the scout team and you got to go against their scout team and they're coming full bore or whatever, it just makes you live in hell for you that day. See, you know, y'all starting to make too much sense right now because there's a lot of people out there that don't think this could be done, which I don't think it could be done either. But there's a rash of people that says there's civility in football, and I don't think it is when it comes to competing and you're fighting for jobs. I I, I totally understand and get that. But go ahead, Gary. You you can go ahead and finish. So with the uh, whole aspect of the fighting, we saw the whole thing with Aaron Donald in Cincinnati. So the I saw no problem with that at all. I saw no problem with it at all. So – People were clamoring like, oh, he should be suspended like uh, Miles Garrett was because he was hitting people with the helmet. So what would you say is the difference? Because Is it because it's a game versus practice and because they forced him into the practice with another team? Or how? why shouldn't he be suspended if he shouldn't be? Because if, if they hit people with the helmet like Miles Garrett did, why? what would cause it? Cause him not to be suspended? Well, it's it's the it's it's proactive versus reactive. Nobody's ever well. I'm not gonna say nobody because we've had incidents in the Carolina Panthers uh, <laughs> uh, training camp. So in training camp, when you had those scuffles, uh, i.e., Josh Norman and Cam Newton, uh, you can kind of go down the list where helmets get ripped off, helmets get swung at. That happens all the time in practice. Correct. I would agree so with that. Much, so much in practice that you're not fine. They just tell you to leave the field. This is new territory with these joint practices and these fights breaking out and helmets being swung like that only because the year where Miles Garrett ripped the helmet off and swung at it in a game. So when practice started translating over into the games, that's when owners in the NFL – are going to take notice and say, hey, we can't do this. We're on a national level. We're going against our predecessors and all these other sports, and we gotta, we can't look like we look like in practice. So yeah. I get that. I understand that. So because the TV cameras wasn't rolling and millions and millions of people didn't see it live, I'm okay with it. I'm all right with it. I understand. I don't think anything should happen because it's just like any other day in practice. The, the only difference is, is it's joining us against another team. 
So I would 100% agree with you because of that aspect. Like you said, that happens during regular practices all the time. But because it happened to be against another team, it becomes a bigger issue. But again, these players didn't choose to play against a practice against these other teams. And whose smart idea was it to put a Super Bowl rematch joint practices? You're telling me the Rams weren't making fun of the Bengals saying we got a ring? In front of him, you don't think that would have started the know. fight too? I don't know. Like, who, who would do that? Like, who's yeah. who's the, the smart idea was that? Not yeah. thinking a fight's gonna break out. Come on. Well, I, I would tell you guys this from a from a football player standpoint. Um, I was born and raised uh, in Arkansas and around a lot of cowboy fans, um, and I, it was a lot of pressure on me to become a cowboy fan. And as a result of the pressure that was put on me. I became a 49er fan. Uh, born in the 80s, they absolutely crushed the 80s. Uh, you know, we we looked okay in the 90s, but obviously everybody knows that the Cowboys uh, kind of was that team in the 90s and then, you know, so forth and forth, so, so on. What I'm trying to say is, is there's a such thing as professional hatred. Okay, I'm a fan Correct. of the 49ers. I'm a fan of the 49ers. I, I, I can't make this up. And because I'm a fan of the 49ers, I can't be a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. In fact, I absolutely despise them. I'm getting to this point. I play for the Carolina Panthers, and I have no idea why. I still dislike the Atlanta Falcons. I still dislike the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I still – these are teams – I don't like the Baltimore Ravens because I play for the Steelers. Hell, I can't stand their ass. Can't stand them at all. And it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm a fan or not a fan. It was just instilled in me when I went to that particular team. I don't even know why we don't like them. I just don't like them. Well, and that's that's a prime example. So football is that way. And if you want to times it by 100, college football. You're ingrained uh, yeah. to despise your rival. Yes. And now you 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 respect your play your your rivals in the NFL because they still made it to the level they're taught they're professionals in college. You're not taught to respect them. You're taught to hate the, your rival. You don't care so about Gary, any player on their team. Nothing. So Gary, being a former Cleveland Brown, do you still despise winning? Oh uh, yes, that, that is a tough Ooh. thing. Um, <laughs> uh, that was a, one of the nice. hardest things for me because I am a very sore loser. But I will say getting paid to lose still helps. <laughs> that does ooh, help. Ooh, it's ooh. an easy comeback, right? There. Th- this is what I don't understand, Tom, and maybe you can help me with this uh, because you are a LeBron James fan. And because you're a LeBron James the fan. A name we but, will not mention. Good Lord. Yeah, but, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to work itself you out. See, you see how it's never made it. So, so because he's a LeBron James fan, our fan base and everybody listening to our podcast understand what type of sports whore he is so because of that i want to know have you well we know you couldn't have been a carolina panther fan all your life uh we want to know what other teams you were fans of before you became a carolina panther fan because you are a lebron james fan so that means you have also been a cleveland cavalier fan you have been a miami heat fan and you have also been an la laker so we know that you you don't you don't like teams you like certain players. So how many NFL teams do you have? And how did you end up landing on the Carolina Panthers as that final team, NFL whore? Well, you know, it, it's like you said. 
the Panthers weren't around the whole time I was uh, living in North Carolina. So you're right. I had to have another team. So actually, my first team that I, you know, I like the Panthers, but my very first team that I really cheered for was the Vikings because I really liked Randy Moss. So he was my favorite. He's my favorite player of all time. And so because of that, I did the same thing with Randy Moss that I did with LeBron. Oakland and New England. So I've been. Oh, all so fans. you was on. The, you was that type of person. Are you been? Uh, so so hold up. You're telling me uh, just a, a peek in your in your past. Let us know that you have been down this path your whole life. You cling on to players, not teams. Right. I'm more of a players fan than teams fan. So what? How did you end up stuck on the Panthers though? Or you just kind of well, just you know living. You had North, found a player. Well, you know, li- living in North Carolina, uh, pretty much my whole life, you got to cheer for the home team, and you know the whole reason I actually I disagree. Up, well, I mean that's just you know that's well that's just kind of like you know we didn't really have anybody, and I had Randy Moss, um, but you know as the Panthers came into the to the fold, I'm Panthers fan. Well, I was actually a Hornets fan, but then they left to go to New Orleans. Um, Around, you know, and around that time, uh, you know, they became the Bobcats where LeBron's coming in. I'm like, who are the Bobcats? The Bobcats never felt like Charlotte's team, uh, honestly. So that's why I clung to LeBron so much uh, whenever he came into the league. Uh, And so LeBron is my favorite player. I still pull for the Charlotte Hornets. You remember back in the days, Gary, where a person would pull for a team and be faithful to that team? And but, how well that's why I disagree with like you had to follow your home team. I grew up in Jacksonville. I have never been a Jaguars fan ever. Really? Never once. I actually because when the Jaguars came in, my parents liked the Jaguars. I went against my parents and I was a Carolina fan because my parents liked Jacksonville. That was the only reason I liked Carolina. Well, hold up. <laughs> when they both came in. Whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's that's new, Gary. And to that's this day, new. I'm still not a Jaguars fan. That's new, Gary. I knew you weren't a Jaguars so fan. I, was I didn't actually, know you was a Panther fan, though. I actually well, I did up, because of Julius Peppers. Yeah, I did. I actually grew up a Bucks fan, but because of work done. Oh, hold up. So you mm-hmm. NFL whore too? No, no, I didn't like. I didn't like the Falcons when he went to the Falcons. I just oh. like him as a player, but I oh. wasn't a Falcons fan. Okay. So I grew up more of a Bucks fan and a Bengals fan, and it was only the Bengals because of their uniform, <laughs> not because of the player. <laughs> you see how he keeps adding the theme every time. <laughs> no, so so the Bucks. If I had a root for somebody, it was the Bucks. I only liked the Bengals because their uniforms. I didn't even know anybody on the team, and Panthers was just in spite of my parents. <laughs> He said, I grew up a Bucks fan, but I like the Panthers. Yeah. But then I also like the Bengals because. Hey, how do you Gary say you're an like NFL whore without saying you're an NFL whore? Well, I like this team and this team <laughs> and this team over here and this team over here, but I stopped liking this team and started liking these other well, two well, teams. Well, you got to think. But I only also, got one now. We, well, we've discussed it multiple times. I don't have blind fandom to any one team. And I never will. Like, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if you do towards San Francisco or not. Because uh, we've never really, there's, they haven't had a lot going for them until recently, so I don't really Whoa, yeah. had a chance. I'm, sorry, oh, I'm saying I, until I, Shanahan. I, and, I don't go through six teams, Gary. I'm sorry that like if <laughs> one of my five other cards are not good, I got this sixth one in the deck. I have been a 49er fan for some time. Now, because I'm loyal to the checks that people sign, I am also a closet Carolina Panther fan. 
and I am a Closet Stiller fan, regardless of some of my takes that I have on this podcast or any other podcast or media entity. I speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me Baker Mayfield. <laughs> so then I want to hear your truth on what you feel about the helmet caps that the NFL had to wear the first two weeks of training camp. Because uh, I know how I feel about it, but I would like to hear your opinion. Look, Gary, you know those been around forever, but they didn't they didn't put the pads in them. They just needed the colors for special teams. So we wore something very similar to that in special teams to identify you as, you know, if you're L1, L5, or something like that. I, I, I don't know what the purpose of the helmet condoms are. I'll tell you. Okay, g- give me the purpose of them, and then I'll tell you how I feel. The purpose is just optics. They say they help, but do you know who said that they help reduce concussions? Roger? The NFL's doctors. Oh. Actual doctors have said it doesn't okay. do as much as they as the NFL doctor says when they've done individual tests separate from the NFL. So you have conflicting doctors, and of course the NFL is going to side with their doctors because they're going to say whatever they want them to say because they sign their checks. And it's just optics to make it look like they care about limiting injuries. But if you were limiting injuries, you would have them where you were around in practice every day. But you're only doing it for two weeks. What is that two weeks going to do when that two weeks comes off and now they're hitting again? Like that can literally I, does nothing. Can I play devil's advocate here? Play devil's, Let me play devil's advocate. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe we're putting these helmet condoms on because doing – training camp is where we get all our live bullets at this is where we get all our practice time at this is where we do most of our banging in full pads normally when the regular season starts you go a lot harder and there's thuds you get thuds every now and then but in training camps you get those impact high impact collision crashes uh like you would in the game to essentially get you ready for games hence the preseason and all of that and so maybe if I put this helmet condom on, it'll bring down some of my impact so it'll get me to the regular season. We know that we know that everybody on this podcast noticed that concussions are not what take people out of training camp. So I don't know why we put the condoms on at training camp. The problems that we have in training camp, so it's ACLs, MCLs, uh, things like that in the ankle, soft tissue injuries or ligament issues, that's what we have in the NFL during training camps. We have all our concussions. Ladies and gentlemen, you won't believe this. In games. Correct. So put the condom on in games. Well, they can't. Then they cover up the, the cute logos and, and it doesn't look good, but they want to do it in training camp. So again, it's, it's all tip. You made it, a tip. No, it's all man. optics no. to make it look like they actually care. They don't care at all. And I think people don't understand that. Tom, I would like for you to ask uh, friends if they think the NFL actually cares about their players doing all this stuff. If, play, if people actually believe it, I would like to know people that don't like really know me and D, you ask and see if they uh, think the NFL actually cares about the players with all the stuff they're doing Look, with the concussions. Because I, I would like to hear somebody's opinion that is that has no relation with any NFL player to see if they actually believe that wholeheartedly. Because if they do, we, they need a, we got they got to break it, we got to break it down to them because they do not care about any player at all. I, I have a serious question, like a a a, a, a serious question, and and. 
This may sound weird when I ask it, but I have to. Question is this, Gary. Do you think the fans care about player safety? Um, honestly, I'm going to say... It's a hard one, right? 60-40, no. 60-40, no? Yeah. Time. The only reason why I say 60-40, no, is because long as the, if the player who comes in for their injury does well, they forgot about that player that got hurt. Gotcha. What what about you, Tom? Do you think fans genuinely care about a player's safety? Um, I would say, <laughs> uh, I would say, <laughs> oh, that's a trick question, right? <laughs> I'd say it's. I, I would tell say you exactly probably, what I think too. I would say it's probably sixty forty. I'm going. I'm going majority. Majority. Do you think? Fans care about player safety. 60-40 is a majority. Well, I honestly think Gary's right on where if somebody steps in. Hey, and... that boy backpedaling better than Jalen <laughs> Ramsey right now. I just It's just a question, Ty. Oh, no, no. I'm saying I think he's right. I think the majority of fans, if as long as somebody can step in and do the same job, they're not going to care. Now, if there's a player that means the world to your team, Oh, everybody's going to care about that player. But if it's somebody that, oh, you know, D'Angelo Williams stepped in and took over for Le'Veon Bell, oh, well. Well, it's not even that. Also, so imagine, okay, you can use Carolina Panthers. Obviously, people care if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt. You think any of them care if Chuck Chuba Hubbard gets hurt? Not one person, not one fan cares long as Christian McCaffrey's out there playing. Right, or even with the Panthers. You had Matt Corral and uh, Sam Darnold go down this weekend. But Baker Mayfield, who was, you know, projected to be the starter anyways, is, uh, you know, still healthy, knock on wood. But it's like, hey, it, are people up in arms or, you know, crying tears for Sam and Matt? I don't think so. No. So, so I would say for majority, no. I, I, I'm, I'm also going to say no as well. I don't think – and I'm going astounding a lot higher than – in 60-40. I'm going to go 99.9%. <laughs> a little I'm higher. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to say 99.9% because of this. Player safety doesn't matter to the fan that watch, that's watching until it matters. Fantasy football. Um, I, but as a whole, no fan cares about player safety because they under the assumption that we're making all of this money, we could we could fix our problems. Uh, we're pay, we're getting paid enough money. We're we're compensated well enough that if anything happens, we'll be taken care of. I'm, so I'm that's why that. that's that's why player safety is not a big deal. Uh, it's right. crazy, and I and you're right because I do hear that from fans all the time. Like, oh well, they get overpaid athletes already. So yeah, I think you're right on with that, and that's why I say the majority don't care because you do have so many people that are like, "Oh, well, they already get paid too much, anyways." Right, right. But that that's that's just me. I wanted to ask that question because I thought it was a a really good one. I know Gary, you had another question. I know, you know, I kind of took over the podcast. No, we're good. We're good. This weekend, I think but time. I like we need no. to get these in. We don't need to talk about this weekend. I know time has some topics. Okay. Well, you know, speaking of injuries and how it affects teams, what I wanted to kind of bring up was uh, 
you know, there was a really superstar player that was playing in a pro-am recently. And while he was driving to the basket, <clears throat> um, a uh, fresh young buck to the NBA, Chet Holmgren, decided he wanted to contest him. And all of a sudden, he ends up with a season-ending injury before his rookie season. And what was he, a top a top two Number draft? two, yeah. yeah. So it's like, do you think these guys should be playing in the Pro-Am Leagues before they even step foot on the NBA court? You know, with LeBron, he's going on year 20. If he gets hurt, he's got he's had his whole career, you know, you know, maybe you would say, you know, he's too old, but he's doing a you know, he's doing a victory tour right now for his career. But somebody like Chet Holmgren, yeah, I understand wanting to like play against that elite level talent. But do you think this NBA team should be letting their players play in these programs? Yes. This sort of thing yes. can happen? Yes, one hundred percent. It kind of goes back to what I said earlier when I was talking about joint practices. I feel like that this is the NBA way of saying, hey, I'm going to give back. It's not a, I'm not saying this as a positive way thing. I'm saying this as a, hey, this is just the residual of us allowing y'all to play in these pro-ams. Looking at the lines and stuff to go see to these, see these guys play. And not only that, man. Like if you LeBron James and you say you are truly the best in the world or you a Chet Holmgren and you truly feel like you're the best in the world. Not all the best players are in the NBA. You go on these pro-am circuits and you find some of these guys that are just as good as you are giving you that same level of competition that you thought you was getting in the NBA. And not only that, you get those calluses in these pro-ams, these games that setting you up. These are these training camps. We've all seen these training camps from these NBA players, man. Them shit cakewalk training camps they have going down and laying the ball up and just breaking a little sweat. And, you know, half the time they don't even practice throughout the week when they have back-to-back-to-back-to-back games. So it, this is them hardening up that callus. So this was a ticking time bomb. Had Chet not did it in the pro-ams, he was going to do it this rookie season anyway. So, I mean, it was just one of those things. It was a freak accident. It happened. We, we getting past that. I think that these players should continue to play in the pro-ams because – it give guys that are not in the NBA an opportunity to play against these guys, and now they have conversations for the rest of their life. So I'm the opposite. I don't think they should. I think they're going to continue until the NBA regulates it. And the reason why I say no is because I'm now as a player, obviously, and this is as, I never played in the NBA, but for me, I'm just seeing it from the NFL standpoint. Because as an NFL standpoint, if we did, if we played flag football outside of the NFL and we got hurt, they could not pay us our salary that year if we missed that the season. Is all guaranteed here. I know, that, but that's what I'm saying. So if you, if they're they're guaranteed, so Chet Holmgren is guaranteed this year, so he gets to sit for a year and still get paid. If I'm the NBA, why would I allow them to go play in these pro ams, risking my investment into them because it's guaranteed money? Like yeah, so, I'm as gonna, NBA, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something. It's, I'm gonna tell you where the NBA wins at. I'm gonna tell you the NBA win. The NBA wins, and the player wins. This is why. If I can generate excitement, like they've been, they've they've been generating so far in this pro am. They have. There's been players that Spider been absolutely amazing, dunking on people. This other dude, what is this dude? This has been an absolute menace, bouncing the ball off people's heads going around their back, everybody like, oh, I can't wait till the season start. 
So now everybody's getting ready for the NBA because they want to see him do that same stuff. That's how the NBA wins. The player wins because he's generating so much excitement around himself. He's generating marketing dollars. He's generating endorsements and stuff now. So both everybody wins. Everybody wins. Until everybody comes to the programs. Like it's just right. Injuries are 100 percent of the game, though, Gary. You can't stop right. those. But you I would rather have happen on the watch in the NBA versus at a pro am. But there's no difference. You're gonna have the same doctor. You're gonna have the same doctor, but I didn't get his, I didn't get to play use you at all during the year. I didn't get you didn't get oh, to play oh, at all. You speaking you speaking from an owner's perspective. You're I'm, I'm speaking as, as, as a as a now you a team guy. Yes, you're speaking from way. the organization standpoint. Well, no, even even know, no, even if we want to talk about here. football. I'll still look at it even from a player perspective. I would never go play flag football in the offseason. I wouldn't risk an injury. Obviously, our money is not guaranteed in the, in right. the NFL, so it's different. But, like, I'm just saying, logical, why are you allowing them to play if you're, if their contract is guaranteed? If they get hurt for the year, you ain't going to cut them, especially these high-profile players. They just get, they get that money. It just doesn't make sense why they allow it. I guess that's more my – why is it? They allow it. That's more of my question. And you answer well, for it because it generates buzz and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But see, here's the thing, though. If you stop them from playing in pro-ams, then now you now have to tell those players that play overseas and stuff for their uh, native country, you can't play for them because where do you turn it off and turn it on? Like, oh, yeah, you can go back to your country, but you can't play in a pro-am here in a country that you already live in. So now you get into a slippery slope gear in terms of, telling people what they can play in and what they can't play in. So I think the reason why they're allowed to play in these pro-ams because the language is so loose because they don't want to experience backlash from the fans. Can you imagine that backlash here? Oh, imagine I agree. That. No, yeah. I, 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 I understand that. But, it's, uh, it's very simple. I'm going to tell you what pro-ams are, man. Pro-ams are what the uh, league is where you don't necessarily have to go to college now where you can just – you can – you can, what is the kid name that, that played for the Charlotte Hornets? Mellow. You can mellow it where you could not go to college, go play in a semi-pro league, make buku money there if you're a superstar, and then go straight to the league. So there's roundabout ways people are starting to make. Because AAU, AAU is like a great example of an of a entity that makes a shit ton of money off of talented kids that, you know, don't want to go to certain institutions like, you know, IMG, for instance, is not a school. It's just uh, one of those things that just basically cultivate players and put them in, you know, various sports and they're elite at that. So it's it's, it's just interesting how it depends on what you want. Uh, since we're talking about basketball, I got one quick question. This is more for time because he is uh, – it, it's not dealing with it's, it's a LeBron, but not LeBron. When Bronny goes to college, do you think he will have any pressure from his father to leave after one year, even if he's a second round, if he's not a lottery pick or a first round pick, if he doesn't do like everybody, like, cause he had, he's not, a t he's a top 50 player. He's not like a top 10 player in his class. So if he goes to college and doesn't, become a lottery pick or a first round pick and he's a second round pick. Do you think he stays more than a year or do you think he has a little pressure from his dad to go so that way he can try and play with him for a year before he retires? If I'm if I'm Bronny, I don't even go to college. He's I don't even well, go to college. Well, so he could go to the G League, but again, I still same thing. 
would he get drafted in the second round? He could make more in college. Why would you not push for him to get a college degree? Well, you don't have to push for him to get a college degree because we all know that LeBron wants to play with him. One, no, two, I know that, but I'm saying like, two, should he, as long should as he LeBron, As long as LeBron James is on the team, he's like second general manager. So his kid is going to be a lottery pick or whatever they had in that anyway because you get LeBron James and his son. So that was LeBron. a time question, not a D'Angelo oh. question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest. I honestly believe that LeBron – is going to let Bronny forge his own path because he's very much been uh, a hey, you know, I'm gonna, I want Bronny to be his own person. I want Bronny to have his own game. I want Bronny to do his own thing. So I really don't think he's gonna pressure him um, to move faster than he needs to. Because uh, you know, yeah, as cool as it is gonna be to play with his son, you know, he's he's still good enough to be an MVP candidate then I don't think he's going to have any problem playing three, four, five years. Look at Udonis Haslam. That man's still playing on the – He plays game. two minutes a game. Get I, out of I'm here. Saying, but he's he's gonna a coach. Be on the team. He's going to be on – right. I'm saying, but you're going to tell me you're going to find a team that won't take LeBron sitting on the bench, you know, if he's not as good and capable. I, I, was, I was wondering if you thought what he would thought would happen because do you think he saves more than a year or do you think he bypasses college and does like the G League or something? I think he'll go to college. It seems like that's the route he's going. Um, where he goes, I hope it's not Duke. <laughs> but now that Coach Gay's, Coach Gay's gone, I think. I think they're going to lose so many recruits. Oh, yeah. So, they're going to be down for a while. So we'll see. He's going to be down for a while. Duke? Uh, I kind of hope he goes to tar, to the Tar Heels only because. I could see him going to Ohio State just because. Oh, yeah, for sure. There, I don't think there's any reason why he'd go to Carolina. But there's so many people that hate. LeBron, because Michael Jordan went to Carolina, and so there's that natural Michael Jordan uh, versus LeBron. So if you can imagine, what if Bronny comes to Carolina and wins them a title? The conflict that Tar Heel fans would have. Yeah, but yeah, so that's that's my take. And to to give my take on the the pro ams with you know Chet Hungry, I. I say this all the time when people get hurt. Like, if you're going to get hurt in the preseason, if you're going to get hurt, you know, playing basketball and pick up, warm up, it's just, it's just, it's, it's something that can happen. Anytime you play a sport, anytime you step onto, you know, the field of play, the court, you're at risk to get hurt. Um, so I don't think you necessarily need to uh, take those away, take the opportunity because, you know, you're giving these people an opportunity to play against other guys that are, you know, developed in their craft. And so I think anytime you get to, you know, forge your, uh, you know, your utilities against that type of talent, you need to be able to take advantage of that. So. I got you. What? what well, uh, I might have one more topic to end it for us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So. Now, was this. By the way, great transition. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was trying to look back because you're the okay. I, I see which one it was now. So this will be a very interesting topic. <clears throat> I don't know if the public will appreciate you two being the the spearhead of this conversation <laughs> because we are going to discuss the student loan forgiveness. Um, which obviously, you two being college athletes, 
uh, will have a very uh, unique perspective because you more than likely did not come out of college with any student debt. I know you said you had some that you paid off yourself, uh, Gary, or some sort of loans you paid off. Mm -hmm. But what is you what is your take on the student loan forgiveness that is happening right now? So let's start with your take. Since you were a student, you went to college, you went to law school. So let's hear your take on it. Right. So honestly, where I'm at on it is I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> but I also see why people are upset that don't have student debt because here's the here's the fact of the matter. This uh, student loan forgiveness is going to cost us eventually at some point. And, you know, who's paying for it? It's not free. Um, it's got to come from somewhere. Um, I, I, you know, would be a fool to be like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to refuse it. But to say, but, you know, it's, it's another factor about it is, though, it's like this is something that the government does with corporations all the time where they forgive loans, you know, that they may have given them. And, you know, there are certain political parties that get upset about that. And are happy about that. It just depends on what you, your ideals when it comes to economics are, because obviously you have to trickle down economics where it's like, hey, well, if you give these big companies a break, uh, it allows everything to go down the chain of, oh, well, it's cheaper uh, for them to make stuff. It's uh, cheaper for them to sell their products to us. They are able to pay more wages, yada, yada, yada. That's what the, the concept is. Whether or not that's actually true, uh, I, I'm not studied enough to see if uh, that's actually what the owners do with their tax breaks. But it just seems it's very interesting to me to see how polarized uh, this issue is. Because um, you got, you know, some people that are super happy because obviously this can be a big relief uh, in your life because, oh, you all of a sudden just lost 10000 to $20,000 worth of debt. Or on the other side, if you didn't have any, you're looking around like, wait, what about me? I didn't have this debt. So I I get the frustration on one side, but I also understand the um, benefit that people are going to get out of this. And it just really comes down to <clears throat> where's it going to come from later? Because it's, it's always give and take with uh, – you know, stuff like this. You're, they're giving a break to part of the country, but they're taking it. Is it going to come from other middle classes taxes? You know, maybe if they pulled it out of the taxes of the super rich, then all of a sudden everybody's not going to be mad, you know. Uh, but I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those interesting discussions about uh, handouts, quote-unquote handouts, or, you know, just giving people money. Um, so all that to say is, as super rich elitists like yourself that don't have this debt, what do you guys think? I, I, I'm a, I, I'll go first. I, I honestly have no problem with uh, the loan forgiveness. Um, the, the entire country have no problem with it. I understand that it's going to have to come somewhere. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that wherever it comes from, it comes from a place like it's not about raising taxes. It's about allocating the money in the places where uh, we think or see fit that they need to go. I'm okay with that. 
I'm okay with the relocation and reallocation of funds. I'm not okay with raising our taxes so significant to relocate or to come up with a new funding system to fund that. Then now I have a problem. But uh, as it see right now, no, I don't. I'm 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 okay with it, and I'm okay with it across the the the, the board because. You know, people need help sometimes, uh, and I'm not gonna compare us to, compare us to other countries. I'm I'm seriously telling you how I feel about it. I don't give a damn about what other countries are doing. So people need help. There's some people need help, um, and I I don't think school should be as expensive as it is in the first place. So because I feel like that, I I feel like the government should chip in if somebody's trying to go to school and they're trying to educate themselves and be better then they should get that loan forgiveness very similar to a kickback or a signing bonus from jobs that you sign up for that the, that's government jobs like when you go into the military that that money that that the military is paying you is coming from taxpayers it's not coming from the military so you get what i'm saying so it's it's one of those things that i'm gonna support that cause because it make that person a better person and hopefully a better citizen that in turn make this a better world therefore we live more peaceful and in harmony okay well uh, with all the harmony crap <laughs> so i'm a little more conflicted um <laughs> so i would say strap in um so you brought up the stuff about the ten thousand or twenty thousand my thing is, I feel like ten thousand to twenty thousand. Now I don't know the actual numbers. That's gonna. I don't feel like that's gonna help millions and millions of people. I feel like it's gonna lower, but they're still gonna have the interest. They're still gonna have it. It's not gonna wipe away completely student debt from most of the people. It will some, but some of them are still gonna have the student debt. So it gives them some help. But then they're still going to have that student debt. It's still going to gain interest. It's still going to do that. I just feel like there's other options we could have done to help versus just give money off. Like a prime example, cut the interest rates. Interest, There's no more interest until it's paid off. That's a simple thing. That way money will never continue adding up on that, that, that sum that's owed. And it, that way it will get paid down because there's stories out there where people have – 10, like 20 years or 10 years ago, five years ago, paid X amount of money, got a student loan, have paid five to 10 years worth it, and they actually owe more than what their student loan was because of interest. So why don't we just eliminate those interests off the student loans so that there's no more interest gain? And then that's a huge relief because imagine you take $10,000 off of somebody's student loans that have $100,000 in student loans. Well, that's okay. They still have 90,000 as gain in interest. That's not really helping them. No at all like they're still going to be gaining all that interest and that ten thousand is going to be back up there in three years they're going to owe that ten thousand back so i just feel like there was other avenues we could have targeted that would have done so much more help and i like that you brought up the aspect of how so, like some sides argued about like forgiving for businesses well i guarantee the people that love the student loan stuff probably hate that businesses got bailed out at times which i agree big big businesses shouldn't have got bailed out I'm all for helping the smaller business, the, the, the smaller chains or smaller mom and pop shops that needed to stay open because that's a small business. I feel like they needed the forgiveness. I don't think Walmart or automakers, Ford and Chevy needed bailouts. 
I think it should be a targeted forgiveness for the corporations or businesses. It shouldn't be about all the big, bigger ones. So I feel like I can understand some of the hatred, but the small businesses, you should be fine with the forgiveness for that because they're just like everybody else have their own business. But I just feel like, like you said, I don't know how, where the money's coming from. I feel like there's so many other avenues we could have targeted and attacked and an aspect of where did that money could come from? Do you ask? Well, colleges, you said college is so expensive. There's colleges with funds of hundreds of billions of dollars. If you put in a bunch of the, like Princeton, Harvard, Yale, all these, they have funds. If you added all those together, it's over a hundred and hundred and twenty billion dollars that just sits there that they can allocate where they want. Why are we having the colleges help with some of that as forgiveness instead of trying to put it on everybody else? Why would you not have the colleges help with that? I just I just feel like it is there's so many again I've said it multiple times but there's so many other avenues we could have targeted that could have helped more. I just hate the way that it was done this time because to me it was it feels like it's just a ploy to try and win a midterm election. It's not actually about helping people. This is just a ploy to try and win a midterm election. And if this was such a big deal, why wasn't it done during Obama's thing? Why wasn't it done during Trump's? Why wasn't it done during anybody, any other presidents? Why didn't they do it? Why is it just now when one side looks like they're struggling for midterms and now they're trying to get a boost? That's the thing is I, I hate that government takes issues and and things like this and they wait till they need it to roll it out because now it's just it doesn't look like genuine it, it, everybody's oh it's a great thing it's doing all this stuff but to me it's just a way to get votes they don't actually care because if they cared they would eliminate the interest they would do all these other aspects that would actually do more for you than just give you ten thousand dollars off your student debt or twenty thousand if you got a pell grant like there's just so many better options this has felt like the most watered down option they could have done. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I like, think this real, is real quick, time. Did you have any student loans? Oh, for sure. And how? So, uh, if you don't mind saying, how much did you owe? Um, or did you owe? I'm probably at like sixty k. So that ten thousand really does nothing because if your interest keeps going up and you have to pay it, you're going to gain that ten thousand in two years back. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it does nothing. Well, but it yeah. knocks it down, but it's still if you're <laughs> right. having, if you haven't paid it off in three years, you're right, literally in interest going to get that ten thousand back, having to pay right. more. Yeah, so right. it doesn't. It helps you right now if you can pay it off in X amount of years. But if you can't, it literally did nothing for you. Right, right. And, and that's I, that was I'm my just, issue. Like I, I'm looking around, I'm trying to figure out just like historically what's the average of student loan debt out there. I'm pretty sure it's more than ten thousand dollars. That's just a that's just a way of them saying, hey, we're trying to do something, but we're doing just enough to turn your attention to the fact that, hey, Gary's on to something. I'm going to get that $10,000 back. I just got to wait a few years because you can't pay off what you got left. Right. And I do think that actually speaks to a bigger issue, which is how much they charge for school. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, I understand people got to get paid. You got, you know, people got to make their money, but it's just. Coming out uh, of school at 18 and just, you know, committing yourself to thousands of dollars for the debt, but you can't get a business loan for the same amount. It's just it's just a it's just a pretty interesting system that um, seems built to, you know, keep keep you 
uh, you know, a slave to debt. Like, you know, they, you know, you hear debt, debt's supposed to be, you know, working your favor. Debt can be a good thing. And you got people like Dave Ramsey, like, no, <laughs> don't have debt, you know? Well, so it's just, it, it's funny. I actually just had this conversation with two of my buddies. Uh, I think debt is, it's, it's stupid. Like the fact that you have to have debt. No, I'm saying you have to have debt to have a good credit report. If you don't have good debt, your credit score goes down. Like, but here, I, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. It's it's no different from owning a car and have to have insurance. Like, it, you have to have insurance. Like, why why no. do I have to have insurance? It's very similar to you saying that you have to have debt to have, per, like, you can't have one without the other. Well, I know, but I'm saying that's where it's a broken or a flawed system. Is what I'm saying because, like, for example, I had a credit score of eight fifteen. I paid off everything I had, my house, my car, all that stuff. And my, and over time, within a year, my my credit score went down to like 740 because I had no debt. Like, that's not a bad, like, but, it, but again, if I wanted to get debt, as in get a, a loan for a car or another or something, I'm gonna, it's gonna be a higher interest rate because my credit score is not higher like it could have been. But by paying everything off, I've done everything the right way and I get negatively affected because I don't carry debt. That is, that's just, it's so broken. It needs to be there. So it's so flawed, I guess. It's a flawed system, but a lot of stuff in our government's a flawed system. Right. And you know, it's like, another thing is I talk about this with my friends all the time, you know, like the education system, they don't teach us a thing about taxes, about money management in school. You know, you learn all this stuff that you on the fly, do what you learn on the fly. All right, you have to learn on the fly, and it's honestly, it feels like a system that is set up to keep the 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 system the same. <laughs> you know, well, and so, so that's that's why I struggle with the student thing because I just feel like I it it's it feels like a pawn for the midterm election, and it feels like a half-assed attempt to help people when there's so many other better ways they could have done it now obviously i don't know how it works if they could have got the better if they tried the other ways and they just didn't get it approved i don't know how all that stuff works i'm just saying it doesn't look like it because i never heard any of that stuff as an option and it sounds like it's time for us to end this podcast (laughs) because it's been a very long time since i've heard gary curse and he just cursed I, it right. was so weird when he said it because I was like, "What did he just say? Yeah. What? Half ass? Huh? Gary's fired up. Fired he up. Is, I just feel like it, it, it just feels like a ploy, and I feel like we could have helped so many more people in a better way. Versus, again, you're gonna it, they're gonna have that money back, like you said, D. In three, four years, that that money's coming back to them if it's not if that debt's not paid off. Right. So, so you're saying that. The, the loan forgiveness only helped those people that are ten thousand dollars or less. Yeah. So those guys, they Inle- unless like, they can pay. If say you had twenty two thousand dollars and you got ten thousand, well, you have twelve thousand. If you can pay that off within a year without all that interest accruing, then yeah, it helps you. But if you can't, yeah, that interest is going to accrue and it doesn't. You're still going to lose more money in the long term. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't think a lot of people are paying a thousand dollars a month. People yeah. are paying. A couple hundred dollars or a hundred dollars a month. I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand why why we can't do this, and and it it just it seems like it makes sense to me, but it just doesn't make sense to pray for everybody else. 
why don't we get these companies, these institutions, these colleges to just take $10,000 off of everybody's student loan and we don't have to pay for it? Uh, that's what I said, because they have the funds. Why don't they do it? Doesn't make sense. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, I, I, you know, I just, I think there's a lot that goes into it. Um, like I said, I think it's a broken system. I do think $10,000 can help, you know, even if you do have more, but. Um, like I said, I still am not sure if I'm sold on the fact well, that again, it can't definitely- help. But like for you, if using you as an example, if you haven't paid your whole debt off within the next three years, you're going to probably accrue three to five years. You're probably going to accrue over ten thousand in interest charges. Right. That's going to be right back on there, and it didn't really help you. Yeah, it I just mean, looks like it does in current time, but in three or four years, it didn't help you at all if you haven't paid it off. If you paid it off, then yes. But if you don't pay it off, it's not you have it didn't help you at all. Well, speaking of the government taxes and schemes and scandals, can we agree that the uh, lottery is a scam? Uh, yes and no. Well, can if we I can ever win it, then no, it wouldn't be a scam. No, but like the, the what was it? One we talked about that one point three billion. They walked away with what four hundred thousand. So that's four hundred million. <laughs> oh yeah, four hundred million. Sorry, four hundred million. That's over $800 million that the government is walking away with. Honestly, to me, and this is my tinfoil hat tingling, sometimes it feels like our government uses this lottery to collect money when they need it. <laughs> now, it 1,000% wouldn't surprise me for that to happen. Right, because it seems like a system. Like, hey, you know, we're going to build it because – you know, inflation was getting hella bad. You got all, you got this big pot that you know people are gonna chase, chase, chase. Because the bigger it is, the more people that buy in. Because I'm I'm one of those people. I'm not gonna buy it weekly. I'll buy it once it gets. Even though obviously any millions of dollars would change my life, but I know the chances of winning are so little. I don't buy in until it's like over five hundred million at least. Um, also, because I think if I'm gonna hit it, I don't want to waste my one time hitting it. I, I'm right there with you, but my my <laughs> limit's 100 million. Over right. 100 million, I buy it. So I don't start buying it till it gets over a certain number. Um, but like I said, it's it's and and you know, it's just funny, you know, that it can go a couple weeks and get hit, and then it can also go months and not get hit. But just such a weird time in our economy for it to go that high. And then once you realize that the government kept 800 some million of the money, I can see that being well, a scheme. I do, I do say, I will say that if you don't take the lump sum, you will get a lot more of that money. They they rely on everybody taking lump sum because most people will. And then that's how they can get more of the money. If you take a lump sum, they probably would have got closer to seven hey, Gary, 800 million. You know this, you filled you filled out a card before, right? Yeah. They make you choose. Are you taking lump sum or 30 years? I do quick picks though. Okay, well they still make you choose. Like you Yeah, to- but you not until you until you until you claim it if you do a quick pick. Oh, well, I don't maybe it's just in Texas, I don't know, but uh oh, when quick pick they let you pick it later. Quick pick, I literally you just get a ticket and then if it wins then you you'll tell them. Well, cuz whenever you fill out the numbers, you have to select if you want lump sum or uh over 30 years. I bet if you go back and look, the amount of people that have won, it's going to be lump sum, those big ones. And because you can easily rig a jackpot system like this, tinfoil hat tingling. But, you know, I'm neither, that's neither here nor there. Hey, guess what, guys? Next weekend, 
time will be in Florida with Gary at the what? compound. No. Yay. You going to Gary's Playhouse, huh? It's draft time, baby. So we are going to be there. Are, 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 are we going to have our losers wrestle? Because I don't remember do, them doing that last year. One. You have to ask them. And then oh, what, what was the punishment for this year? Gary is we have, we have to discuss that. I don't know who the commissioner is of that league, but they're trash. They're awful, and they need to be fired and beheaded and sent packing somewhere that they don't need to be. Dang, I'll make sure I tell my all... dad you said that about him. <laughs> I was just about to say, D, it's Gary's dad. That's crazy, bro. Hey, hey, I, I'll let him know here. Me call dad be like, hey, man, take full control of this league, man. Um, with with that being said, with that being said, um, before we go, I wanna I wanna say this. I think Lamar Jackson has the coolest fucking name ever. They said it to yesterday um, when they gave him a shout out. The Baltimore Ravens. Did y'all see that? They called him Lamarvis, Lamarvelous, Mar- Lamarvelous. Yeah. Yes, I was like, dude, that's a really cool name. It's really cool. They they finna they finna break the bank. But the question is this: Going into this season, who is your team to win the Super Bowl? I already who's, said this. Who's, who's who's playing? No 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 not not to win the Super Bowl. I take that back. Not to win the Super Bowl. I take that back. Who's playing in the the uh, AFC NFC Championship game? Like I mean, who's who's playing in the the game to get to the Super Bowl? Obviously. Yeah. Semifinals. Who is that? I'll go first. It's going to be Panthers versus the Rams. I'm willing to bet that <laughs> right now. So who's playing in the Super Bowl? And then the other side is going to be. Uh, ooh, I'm gonna go Bills. Bills in there, and you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Chargers. Bills. Chargers. Okay. Uh, the AFC matchup is what I was thinking. I was thinking Bills, Chargers, AFC, NFC's tough. What you thinking AFC, NFC gear? Uh, I'm going Bills, Chargers as well. Okay. But I'm giving you a little wild card. I'm giving you Tampa and Minnesota. Ooh. What? Mm-hmm. Ah, when did you start smoking crap? <laughs> man, oh man! That Dalvin okay. Cook trains high, baby. Hey, Justin Jefferson. Okay. Hey, Gary, D'Angelo, yeah. hear me on this. I put twenty dollars on with somebody. Jacksonville Jaguars make the playoffs. I'm done. Deal. Twenty bucks. Lock in. Oh, they right. just giving away free money on the podcast, guys. Well, if you guys want sizable, sizable donations, please reach out to the also United. Uh, uh, Gary needs his money from D'Angelo in time for last year's playoffs. Anytime y'all feel free. And we want to thank y'all for joining us today. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys have a fantastic Monday and the rest of your day or whatever day you decided that you want to listen to this podcast. And we out! You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 